Well, like Lisa mentioned last week, we stepped into a brand new sermon series, and we're kind of looking at the life of Peter, who was a pretty significant influencer from one of Jesus' disciples, I would say, in fact, throughout church history. And I'm not, I'm not going to get too nerdy on you, but uh, Peter was looked at pretty disproportionately, some texts about him and his role in the church, so much so that we developed, or the church developed an entirely uh, different role for Peter, or said that he was like the first ever pope. Which is, which is not the case at all. And that's as much as I'm going to step into that. Um, I'll probably get a strongly worded email from somebody online at some point. Uh, but, you know, that's how we've looked at Peter, how much influence he had. And so we're looking at his life, some of the things that he did. Last week we talked about, hey, it was just one day Jesus came and he taught and Peter was exposed to that. Jesus um, told him to put his net on the other side of the boat. It was filled with fish. And Peter said, there's something going on here. It changed his life from that point on. Whether or not uh, you want to live an exciting life or a quiet life, anybody want to live just a quiet life? Like, just, just leave me alone. Yeah, a lot of hands. I can, I, I, I pretty, had, pretty much had a good guess of who, who would raise their hands, I think. Um, some, just leave me alone, right? You know, stay off my lawn. Um, <laughs> um, whether or not you want to live an exciting life or a quiet life, you're going to have an influence on other people. And I would say, deep down, most of us want to have some sort of positive impact on, on other people. But not everybody is willing to actually do what needs to be done to do that. And you and I both know who they are. They're the people who comment on things on the internet, those type of people. They're the people who leave comment cards, like at the restaurant. It's like, yeah, I know you're Chick-fil-A, but you know what would be really good? You guys should start selling burgers. That's, that's what you should do. Uh, at Chick-fil-A. That's what, that's what it really needs. You know, it's those kinds of things where people are like, you know what you should do? Well, oh, you, you want to you wanna do this? You know, you want to start your own business? No, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take the risk, but I want you to do this. I want you to change some things. Like those kinds, of, those kinds of people are just not really willing to do what needs to be done, but they have all kinds of opinions of what other people should, should do in their lives to get, get things done. There, there is an inherent cost to actually doing something with our lives. And so we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to look at another uh, boat incident in Peter's life. And we're going to talk about what it looks like to have a godly influence on others. It requires having the courage to take risks. And when you read through the Bible, the Bible is about all kinds of people that God has used throughout life. And, and there's one thing that they all have in common. They're all broken. <laughs> that's that. That's, that's the first one that kind of just goes, but the second thing is, they all, had to, they all had to have courage to do what God called them to do. There's a reasonable expectation of risk when it comes to living life in general, but especially when it comes to following Jesus, because Jesus is countercultural to what we do naturally. We can't make an influence if we're always playing it safe. Now, courage is not a quality that's only reserved for, say, Hulk Hogan, right? So you may not go into the ring rip your shirt off and yell, what you going to do when the strongest arms in the world surround you, brother? You know, Hulkamania, you know, whatever. I don't know what he said. I never watched wrestling. Maybe, maybe you're not going to be William Wallace, you know, paint your face blue, take your shirt off, put on a kilt, and run into battle screaming, you know, with only a sword. Maybe, maybe you're not going to do that. However, our neighborhoods, our jobs, our friends, our family need men and women and kids of courage in their lives. People who are willing to do what God has called us to do, to live life as it should be lived rather than just how everybody else is doing it. 
And we see this quality demonstrated in Peter. It's, it's the reason why Peter is popular for us to talk about in the church, because he takes some courage to do some risks. He, uh, to, to, he takes some courage to do some risks. That's a really awkward sentence. Uh, but he didn't, you know, always get it right on the first go. There were times when Peter was hesitant to act, times when he said the wrong thing, times when he did the wrong thing, and yet Jesus chose him to make an influence in the world. And it's all because Peter was willing to take risks to do what Jesus had called him to do. Matthew chapter 14, the disciples and Jesus have just come off an extraordinary day. Jesus has taught a bunch of people. There were over 5,000 people here with Jesus. They only counted the men at that point. So you think how many women and children, at least 10, maybe 15,000 people were there. And they fed all of these people. Jesus did it with one single meal from a young man who had it there and was willing to share. But at the end of all of that, Jesus is trying to get his disciples away from the crowd. They need a break. And so he sends them off on a boat across the other side of the lake while he goes to a solitary place to pray. And so our text this morning starts in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Now, this is, uh, like if you're reading the Greek, this is the fourth watch of the night, which is between 3 and 6 a.m., where, where nothing normal happens. I don't, I don't know if you know that. Um, nothing normal happens between 3 and 6 a.m. Uh, verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take her, it's fun when a breaker flips when you say, it's a ghost. Like, that's, that's, that's cool timing. We did that on purpose. Uh, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. Jesus says, come. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So feeding, you know, over 5,000 people with a couple of loaves of bread, uh, a couple of fish, if that wasn't enough, you know, at this point the disciples are convinced, Oh, truly, you must be the Son of God. This solidified it. Um, and, and it's, you know, this starts off with Jesus making them get in a boat and, and go across. I mean, these were fishermen. There's people used to the water. It's kind of interesting that that's the way this starts off with. It's almost as if, and we don't know this, but it's almost as if the disciples kind of looked out there and said, you know, clouds are looking kind of dark. Um, and, and just kind of going, going across a, a lake, you know, in the middle of the night, that's generally speaking not the safest thing to do on the water. Are you, are you sure about this? But, um, th but they went, they were obedient, and they got into the boat. Maybe Matthew did some calculations and percentages of, of safety. He was a tax collector, an accountant, you know, so he, um, they aren't idiots when it comes to weather. They knew a storm was likely coming, but they obeyed him anyway, and, and went across. So, so all right, already the disciples have kind of put themselves in a position to, even if they have some reservations, when Jesus has told them something to do, they're saying, you know what, we should follow through with this. Because they looked around, they said, let's, let's just take stock in the evidence. Let's see what Jesus is about. What are the things he's done? What is the life that reflects him when, when I'm living those things out? What does it produce? 
And so when you start to see that put into practice in your life, you start to realize, well, maybe if I continue to be consistent, consistent in following Jesus, maybe that same level of production will continue to happen in my life. And, and that's what the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit sustains in us. If you want to be an influence for others, uh, for Jesus, then you have to recognize that consistency in following him. And that even when we come up against something that we're afraid of, or we think, ah, I'm not sure how this is going to work out. I can't see the end in this. We got to be willing to, to step out and face our fears. Sometimes I think this is a surprise to people who follow Jesus. Because maybe the thought process is, hey, if I follow Jesus, I can just... I can just be who I am regularly and normally all the time. I don't really need to make any change, but everything's going to be better because God's just going to like, I don't know, he's, maybe he's a lawnmower parent. You know what a lawnmower parent is? They just mow down everything in front of their kids, you know, so everything's perfect for them. And then become adults and have no idea what to do. <laughs> You're like, well, how did that happen? No, I don't. Maybe because you did everything for them. Um, God doesn't operate that way. In fact, he calls us to a different life, and sometimes we have to face our fears to step out of the normal that we're used to into what God calls us to do. Throughout the Bible, we mentioned this before, we see example after example, just like this one with Peter, where people were put into situations where they were forced to face their fears and depend on their faith. You read Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, faith chapter and it's, you know, it's just packed with people like Abraham, Moses, David, Esther, Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael. We know them better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That, that constantly stepped out on faith, faced their fears to follow God consistently, consistently, even though they couldn't see the end. And Jesus understood this. He knew that if these men were really going to make an influence, then they would have to have courage to face their fears. And courage requires us to make a decision at some point. It's really easy to just kind of coast through life, let things be normal, just kind of let life live us. And just kind of move through things in the way that it happens rather than us doing something about it. Um, it requires us to make a decision to take action without knowing all the information for ourselves. If you were to take all the risk out of life, um, you, you just wouldn't be able to do anything at all. And, and risk and courage, it requires, it requires faith. If we take any risk out of it, there's no longer any call for faith. Um, but God gives us something to go on whenever we are facing that thing. So the disciples get in the boat, they're out here on the storm, the storm comes up, and then Jesus shows up on the water. And Peter saw this and he said, hey, I could stay in the boat because it's safer. Uh, the storm is here, the wind is here, like it seems kind of crazy that Jesus is out here walking on the water. So I could stay in the boat, because that's smarter, right? That's, that's wiser. Or I could step out and participate with what Jesus is doing. And so that's the kind of courage that Peter models for us that we should take on. And yeah, Peter sank, but stick with me here before. Only Peter and Jesus know what it's like to walk on the water and people in kung fu movies. Only Peter knows what it's like to walk on the water side by side with God. Everybody else just watched because they stuck to conventional wisdom. Rather than seeing there's something different. I, like I see Jesus doing this thing over here. I, I got to go check this out. I got to go be where he is. Peter reaches out to Jesus and says, Hey, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. And Jesus says, Come. And when Jesus responds this way, you know, Peter throws convention out of, out of the way because he's seen what Jesus has done, he's seen the evidence. 
It's, it's not so much a leap of faith as it is a calculated risk based on what God has already been up to in Peter's life. You know, there's all kind of questions asked. What if I fail? I like my boat. What if I don't get that back? What if, what if I sink? What if I die? Do I have to? Peter just understood that, hey, that's where Jesus was. It wasn't all the situations surrounding it. That's just where Jesus was, and he wanted to go be with him. Sure, failure is a real possibility. Even failure is even likely. You, you like the pep talk? I'm a really good salesman, by the way, if you didn't know. Um, but the payoff every time is worth it. I mean, for Peter, I mean, he gets to say, I was with Jesus, and I got to walk on water. I haven't gotten to do that. Some may say that Peter failed, but he was picked up by Jesus. He was just in proximity enough to be picked up by Jesus. And that, that's never a failure in my book. Because God is a God of second chances. And even when we do fail, when we step out in courage and take risks, like all of those things happen for God to, um, to develop us in such a way. So sometimes we're, we find ourselves in a storm because of a storm of correction, because we've done something stupid. We put ourselves in a bad situation. And so sometimes we just need that lesson to, to remind us, hey, this, you know, touch, touch a hot stove is going to burn you. Sometimes it's a storm of perfection. It's just God helping us grow. And in this moment, Peter grew in a way that he would never be able to grow on his own. While there is a risk associated with getting out of the boat, the risk is greater for staying in the boat. The risk-reward of getting out of the boat is either something normal will happen or something extraordinary will take place. No matter what, Jesus was there to lift Peter up out of the water. The reasons the disciples were willing to give up their lives is because of how they experienced Jesus. Jesus has never been an intellectual exercise. They saw and lived these things tangibly. And that's why they gave their lives. And that's why we still talk about Jesus today when the church has, has gone over all over the entire, the, the entire world. The risk of staying in the boat is watching some redneck, or, 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 ignorant, loudmouth, arrogant fisherman walk on the water with Jesus while you stay in the boat. Like that's, that's the risk of staying in the boat. Or the other risk of staying in the boat is unrealized potential, living a life controlled by fear, looking back and asking what could have been with what God has called you to do and be, never praying big prayers, never making an impact, never experiencing the thrill of what God will do, never experiencing God's hand reaching down to you and lifting you up out of the storm as he stops you from stink, sinking and walks on the water with you. Peter recognized that Jesus was over there doing something amazing and didn't let conventional fear keep him from desiring to be with God. And so we ask ourselves, what am I going to lose or give up to be with Jesus? That, that's, typically, that's typically how we think. We, it's like, well, let's weigh this. Let's make a pros and cons list. list. Jesus, Peter instead asks, what am I going to gain? Just to be with Jesus, no matter else, what, what else happens. Jesus has come and Peter does. I wouldn't be surprised at all to learn that one day the Holy Spirit kind of prompted Peter here. Perhaps Jesus was like, he was wanting Peter to come out, out of the boat. And I think there are probably some things that we think of in our life, there are moments in our life where we're kind of like, man, I just feel, feel like maybe the, the norm just isn't cutting it. And maybe God's calling me to do something. And I would just call, I would just ask you to look at Peter's example and um, just consider, like, that, that might be the possibility, is that God is calling you out of the normal every day, what you're comfortable with, into something maybe that's, that's better. Maybe you're scared about what you're hearing him say, um, but with Jesus, like, facing our fears and having that courage, like, it, it is always worthwhile because he's already always there ready to pick us up.
So what would you do if you weren't afraid about maybe what the Holy Spirit is nudging you to do, what God is calling you to do? Maybe it's a, this is two weeks in a row, maybe it's a stressful job where you're working, at, working too much. Again, don't quit your job tomorrow and blame it on me. Maybe, maybe there's a situation that you find yourself in with your career, with your job, that you need to step out of that, maybe into a different role. Maybe it's a talk that you know you need to have with your teenager, or a talk that you need to have with your spouse, or a talk you need to have with another family member. Maybe God's calling you to step out of the boat. Maybe it's a relationship that's toxic or a relationship that's sinful. God's telling you to step out of the boat. Maybe it's giving and participating in what God is calling us to do, giving of our time, of our resources, of our talents and giftedness. I'm not talking about just in the church. I'm talking about in our relationships with people in the church, with our family and friends and co-workers in our lives. Maybe it's forgiving someone who's hurt you. Maybe someone's lied and gossiped about you. Um, God's calling you to step out. Maybe it's just saying, I've got a problem or I need help. Um, God's calling us to kind of step out of the normal, the things that we're used to, into something different and better. To step out of the bad you are used to and risk the goodness of God. I know the water seems vast, but it's all under his control. And so God calls us to face that fear, take that risk, step out of that boat, and walk toward Jesus. Of course, whatever you do, don't take your eyes off of him. It takes courage to step out of the boat and into the water. But faith is meant to be marked by courage. It doesn't mean that you don't have any fears, but it means that fear is not the determining factor in the decision that you make in your life. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. That's a great response to those who critique your life when they have no skin in the game. Sometimes it might seem like they're right. Maybe you aren't getting the results you're looking for. Maybe things in your life aren't going well at all. But what I found to be true, at least in my life, is every time I track my actions back to what God is calling me to do and God's promises in Scripture, God consistently shows up to fulfill his promise. Jesus always shows up at just the right time. You know, disciples are like, things are crazy, the storm is out here, I knew we shouldn't be out here. And all of a sudden they look over and there's Jesus walking on the water. And that's when courage comes. It's when we realize that Jesus comes to our rescue at just the right time. When you're in the storm, when you're in the waiting room, when it's late, when you feel like you're running out of time, Jesus is our rescuer. And he is always there. When, it's, when the night is at its darkest and the storm is the fiercest, you have every reason for your faith to be the strongest and become stronger when you consistently apply it in those fearful situations. This is one of the enemy's favorite lies in a Christian's life, that he can make, if he can make us afraid, then, then he's winning the fight for our hearts and our minds because fear is the opposite of faith. In Psalm chapter 46, uh, we're reminded God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Fear will want you to say, God can't help me. God's not capable of saving me. God doesn't care about what's happening to me. God can't redeem this situation. God can't fix my problems. God doesn't know what's happening in my life. But faith and the actions of God would want you to say to that storm, I know who has the power over it. 
I know who has the power over the storm. Now, don't go all Lieutenant Dan on it. Like, is that all you've got? You know, I, I, don't, like, I don't recommend that approach. But Jesus, Jesus has the power to calm the storm. He has the power to heal the sick, to feed people. He has the power to provide for the poor. He has the power to walk on water. He has the power to mend your marriage. He has the power to restore your brokenness. He and he alone can calm the storm. All he asks from you is a little bit of courage. All, all he asks from me is just kind of pushing the fear down just a little bit more so faith can win out. You know, Jesus reassures them. They're scared in the storm in the boat, and he said, take courage. It's, it is I. Don't be afraid. And when he says this, this is a callback to how God introduces himself to Moses. When he says, who, who should I tell, tell the people that, that sent the Israelites? Who should I tell them sent me? And God says, I am. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm, I'm here, the creator of all things, I, the one with the power of the storm. I, I'm here. And what he's saying to the disciples in their storm, what he's saying to us in our storm is, the same God who split the Red Sea, who shut the mouth of lions, who showed up in the furnace, that God is with you no matter what is happening that's swirling around in your life. Peter still gets out of the boat, though, and we know in the story, because, I don't know, we, we just tend to, it, it makes us feel better when we see other people fail, doesn't it? Can we admit that? It, it does. And we, we point out, well, Peter still sank, right? Yeah, so he had the courage to get out of the boat, but, yeah, I mean, he kind of freaked out pretty quickly there. So he still kind of sunk in the water. So what happened? We saw the wind. He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. When his fear returned when he looked at everything else that was happening around him and focused only on those, those things. As soon as he takes his eye off of Jesus, he starts to pay attention to the wind and the waves. He turns his focus toward the storm. And listen, that, that's what we do. We get so consumed. We get so anxious. We get so fearful about all the what could be's and what might happen. Um, I, I got to tell you, I try to consistently remind myself, and I know some of, many of you have had con conversations with me um, that, that I've tried to encourage you to, is stop trying to think about all the other things that could happen or might happen or all the scenarios that, that might be there in, in this situation, because none of those things have happened. And so don't, don't give your energy to those things anymore. Let, let's talk about what's actually going on. And yes, I know there's a possibility that 10 steps from now, this other thing could possibly maybe happen, but we're giving so much time and energy to things that just don't have any, uh, don't, don't deserve any attention from us in our life, especially as follower, followers of Jesus. When we fix our attention on Jesus, that's where our courage comes from. Our fears transformed into faith when, our fi when we fix our attention on Jesus, because he's the one He's the one who's calm, cool, and collected and has control. Peter was willing to risk everything to follow Jesus. He gave up his job as a fisherman. It's not like he had a million denarii, you know, in the bank as a nest egg to take care of himself. He gave up his job as a fisherman. He walked on water during the middle of a storm. He was eventually crucified because his sole desire was to follow Jesus. And we, we just have a choice. When it comes to courage, remember, we, we have a decision. Do we just like kind of live comfortably in our normal? And some of our normal is just terrible, but we're used to it, so it's more comfortable for us. Will we continue to live comfortably and only wish we had the courage to step out in faith, or will we take a risk, face our fears, and begin making an influence on others for Christ just by living out that example? Some of you here this morning have all the reason in the world to worship God today because you were in a storm and he calmed that storm. You've been there and you've lived it out. And your life is such an amazing testimony. I'm so encouraged by so many of you who, who uh, live your life as a testimony because of that. 
Some of you uh, here this morning are just like Peter. You stepped out of the boat. All right, all right, I'm, I'm willing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this out. I'm going to step out. But the wind and the waves, it just won't stop. And I get it. You feel like you're sinking. Uh, you feel like you're drowning. But today, I just want to encourage you to stop looking at the storm. Don't, don't give the wind and the waves your attention. They don't deserve it. They are not what is most powerful. And just fix your eyes back on Jesus. Who is he calling you to do? How is the Holy Spirit nudging you? What direction is he calling you to go in your life? And I encourage you to, to pray about that in, in your relationship with God because God is reaching down to walk with us the rest of the way. He's there. He's waiting for us to respond to him. Remember, some of our storms are storms of correction. Some of them are storm of protection, uh, pr- perfection. Um, protection could work too. Like sometimes we go through rough stuff in our life because we earned it. Like we, we put ourselves in that position. But God's ready to pick us up out of that and walk with us in a completely different direction. And sometimes doing the right thing, what God calls us to do, it's not comfortable because that's not how anybody else lives in our life who doesn't believe in Jesus the way that we do. And sometimes it's just an opportunity for growth. The reason that Peter became uh, such a great leader in the church is because of experiences just like this. And if you never surrendered your life to Jesus at all, um, God's calling you to step out of the boat. He's, uh, he's asking you to put yourself aside, um, put your, your normal, everyday, typical aside, and to, and to go be where he is. Yeah, it, it might look weird at first. Like, I'm in a boat. You're, you're over there walking on water. That's that's strange. Like, that's, that's not normal. Um, but even if we want to live an exciting life or just a, like a quiet one, um, all of us have a pull to, to live a life that's better. And when we're with Jesus, life is always better. And we know that the storm is going to subside. And, and we know that he's going to walk with us all along the way. So maybe today is the day. Maybe today is your day to step out of the boat. Out of the boat. Maybe today is your day to say yes to Jesus, to put your faith in something other than your fear, um, and allow Jesus to walk with you through life to something far better than what we have on our own. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the example of Peter's life and uh, for his willingness to be to be the the guinea pig. Um, to step out of the boat in front of the other disciples just to see what God would do. And God, we thank you for your promise to always be there to pick us up. Because as much as we want to do the right thing, as, as, mu- as much as we want to give, live a good life, we, we don't do those things well on our own. And so not only do you show us how to do it, but you just make that possible with your presence in our life. Through the gift of the Holy Spirit, you, you take up our slack. You provide courage for us in moments of fear. And God, we praise you for that. We honor you for that. And we ask that you continue to remind us of that. And we thank you for this, this example of Peter who, uh, even though nobody else was willing to, he's willing to step out of the boat and show um, what, what Jesus could do and who Jesus is. God, we ask you uh, for the courage to do that in our, in our own lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.